So welcome back to NHL fans from afar, ahead of the Beijing 2020 Winter Olympics qualifiers. Uh, we're going to discuss whether the NHL is right to pursue revenue in China and how the current picture compares to the NBA. Uh, we'll find out why PK Subban dressed up as the new New Jersey Devils mascot for the team's Halloween party. And what does Grandma's ham have to do with morning skates? No, it's not a bad dad joke. It's just a little story from Pittsburgh Penguins coach Mike Sullivan. One of those weeks where I'm at the end of negotiating a house purchase, which has turned out more complicated than Brexit and William Nylander's contracts put together. So I'm certain that there's going to be tons of stuff that I have missed happening across the NHL. But as per usual, I've got two people to help me out this week. Uh, one who you'll know has been going on these waves a few times now. Uh, a man who can, uh, well, you can take a bit of abuse, can't you, uh, Matt? Uh, and let's face it, your team is not necessarily having the best of starts. But on the plus side, you're not doing too bad in our podcast fantasy league, are you? Uh, yeah, I'm having to hang on to the highs of the, the fantasy league because uh, Dallas have kind of forgotten to, to start playing this October. But uh, hopefully November will be more lucky. You're not the worst, though. You're not the worst in the league right now, are you? Mm, only just, only just. Uh, we're playing Minnesota tonight, who are only one point behind us and are last in the Central. So, um, yeah, by by tomorrow morning, we could be last in Central. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, and last time you were on, I, I asked you to put a punt on who is going to win the Stanley Cup and how we laughed at you, because you said Buffalo. And I was thinking earlier, now he's laughing, eh? Look at yeah, Buffalo. but it's only October. It's not even November yet. So, uh, yeah, no, we'll wait and see whether they fall off a cliff like they did last year. You're just such a realist. It's so boring. Sorry. <laughs> I was like basically giving you a compliment that you picked a team that are doing really well that no one else would have ever was only picked. Co- only because you put me completely on the spot and I wasn't expecting it. I couldn't think of anybody else. <laughs> What, you were looking at the alphabet and Buffalo were near the top, so that's why you went with them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for those of you who are new to the podcast, then um, I'll declare my colours as a fan of the blue and white. Um, Our second guest is of the same persuasion. Um, And Craig, I imagine that you're face palming as much as I am over these hooking and tripping calls that keep appearing on Toronto's game sheet. Are you feeling the same way? It's it's not going well, shall we say? It's not it's not how it was supposed to go. That's the it's not what we were promised in the summer. No, it just it feels like Toronto. I don't know what to expect with them. You know, sometimes you only kind of uh, you think, yeah, we've got all the pieces there. This is going to be an exciting season. We've got youth. We've got we've got speed, skill, and then you kind of switch on and see the score that they've lost to the Montreal Canadiens, and not just by one or two goals, but three goals. It just gets a bit. You just don't really know what to expect yeah. this season. It's it's difficult to put your finger on it, isn't it, really? 
as I said on when I messaged you before we, we started this through the week, the only thing I wanted was for them not to lose to the Cabs on Hockey Night in Canada. And that's what they went and did. So Yeah. It's just they said everything was set up for this season. You had the, the contracts were all done. He had a bit of help at the back end and it's just gone without getting technical. Bleh. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that's just come out today, actually, tonight, Toronto Maple Leafs play Washington Capitals, uh, which we're both dreading. Um, and these comments which came out from Alexander um, Ovechkin uh, about the Maple Leafs. Um, I don't know if you've had a chance to see this where he was talking about um, that the, the team need to figure out if they're playing for themselves or if they're playing for a Stanley Cup uh, and that they have to play differently if they want to win a Stanley Cup. I mean, what what are your thoughts on that? I mean, he's... When I when I first saw it, I thought, well, what's what's he going on about now? But then when he, when I've listened to it, it's hard to argue with really what he's what he's saying. Using his experience in Washington, they were they were President's Trophy winners numerous times, but couldn't get it done in the playoffs until they figured out how to win in the playoffs. So that's something that Toronto have got to do. Um, obviously, they've gotten to the playoffs the last couple of years, come up against Boston, they haven't figured out that, and now it's kind of when everybody's looking towards the playoffs, now they need to figure out how to get to the playoffs this year um, and then figure out playoff hockey to get past the first round. And then once the first round, as we saw last year, after the first round, it's kind of anybody's anybody's game. It does make you think though, doesn't it? Two years ago, is it two or was it three? Time is going by, by so quickly that Alexander Ovechkin didn't have a Stanley Cup to his name and he would never have been able to get away with saying a comment like that. And now he gets to kind of like, you know, point the stick at everyone and point the finger at everyone because he has. It's just like, it's just like you know, when your granddad's saying, I remember when. It's just, <laughs> it's just an annoying comment to make. It was just, I mean, I've declared my feelings about Alexander Ovechkin anyway, but oh, it was just like, oh, shut up, man. Get over yourself. I hope that we go and smash you. But I'm not necessarily convinced. Um, we don't have a great rep against the Caps right now. So we will see. Um, I want to pick up on um, Ovechkin a little bit later, actually, because on this episode we're going we're to tap into um, NHL presence in China. And you'll remember um, the the picture that I picked for the episode this week is a picture of Ovechkin on the great on the, walking on the Great Wall of China when he was flown over there to um, be an ambassador uh, for the for the team in China and played hockey with kids out there in grassroots projects. Um, but what I also want to kind of just um, reference to you, Craig, because you're new, you haven't appeared on our podcast, so so welcome. But just um, you've got many different hats, haven't you? It's fair to say that it's not just NHL ice hockey that you're into. There are so many different elements to you. Just for those who don't know you, how have you come to be a fan of the sports and also, I guess, the NHL as well? Yeah, well, the 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 hockey in, in at home sort of thing. It's um, my day to day stuff is with the English Ice Hockey Association, which is basically everything below the elite league. So that's national league, women's league, juniors, England teams, everything like that. Um, and I'm look after the, the kind of media and communication side for that. Um, I've also been lucky enough to work with the Ice Hockey UK and the GB teams. 
So whether we've hosted tournaments in the UK, um, where I've been involved actually at the tournament, or on occasion going away to, to support a, a GB team at any age group, um, again, looking after the, the media side of things. So I've travelled away with the, the under-20s a couple of times, with the under-18s. Um, it looks like I'm, I'm going away with the, the senior women's team this year, um, which will be a, a first for me. So being really lucky in that way as well. Um, getting involved in hockey, I started um, back in the Super League when, when the Super League started in 96, I think it was. Wow. Um, somebody, I, somebody I worked with um, had been a, a big fan of the, of the Durham Wasps and they moved from Durham to Newcastle to be the Newcastle Super League team. Um, and as with the way with many, I got a, he got some free tickets. So I went to watch, got a half season ticket that year, got a full season ticket the following year. And then in the, the various iterations of the Newcastle teams, um, started was getting the, more involved. Was it the Vipers? The, Newcastle um, Vipers? Uh, Cobras, it was Cobras to start. Um, then it was the River Kings. And then it was briefly the Jesters. And then it finished up as the Vipers. And the Vipers have been gone. Um, it'll be nine years at the end of the season. Did you ever go and um, maybe it was before 95, but didn't Mike Babcock play in Whitley Bay Warriors um, when, he was a, when he was a player? And then that was the year then when he came home, his mum said, what are you going to do with your, with your life? I think you need to stop playing hockey now and go get a proper job. And get he a became job, a business yeah. consultant. Was, yeah. um, I'm trying to remember what year it was. It was late 80s, I think. He was, he was a, a player coach at, at Whitley Warriors in the old, the old Heineken League. Yeah. Um, he had one season there. Um, back in the, the Heineken League was ridiculous. He, he, as a, he was a D-man, but he still had like 120 points or something. It was, it was, it was stupid. Um, wow. Goal scoring in, in the Heineken League. But we need to get him to uh, put his skates on. And we need a bit of defence in yeah, uh, the Maple Leafs. That's going to sort the problem out. Well, that's what makes the Leafs' defence all the more annoying is he was a defenceman. He's like... Let me just pick up on your Team GB stuff. So, yeah, yeah. were you in Slovakia earlier this year as well? Uh, I wasn't. No, I didn't get. Uh, I didn't get the chance to get over there, unfortunately. Um, so I was. I was. I was following from following from home, like like thousands of others. Um, I saw the team at their kind of their pre-tournament games in. Um, I think we had Nottingham, Sheffield, Coventry. We had a few warm-up games in the in the UK. Um, and then when they went over there, I, I stayed home and kind of became a fan for the for the two weeks. Yeah, I mean, just uh, we, we will get into NHL in a second, but just with the Team GB stuff, uh, Matt, we're heading to Switzerland next year, aren't we? In May to go and watch Team GB. Who are we watching again? I can't remember which games we've got. Uh, I can't remember either. Now we're seeing the it's the last three GB games. I think we're seeing something like Canada, Belarus, and Sweden. Yeah, I'm pretty certain Sweden's on the list. Are you going to be there, Craig? Just the easy ones then, Canada and Sweden, yeah. No yeah. <laughs> um, a lot will depend on time off and money, as is, as is the thing. Um, this is why we've I would like to do and follow the team kind of just as a fan. It would be brilliant. Yeah. So one of the things with Team GB at the moment that I know is being pushed is there are games in the UK... Um, 
uh, in Nottingham in February, which are going to be the qualifiers, aren't they, for the 2022 Winter Olympics in Beijing. So um, GB are playing Hungary, Estonia and someone else who's yet to uh, come through. Mm-hmm. I was amazed at how cheap these tickets were as well, like 18 quid a game. Ah, that's that's nothing, isn't it, to, to see something of um, this kind of importance? I think it's it's been priced really well to get the to try and attract. Obviously, Nottingham's a, a hockey town, so you, you you'd hope you get a, a lot from the from Nottingham. But pricing at that level, and obviously JB are playing the evening games uh, on every game day, so you would hope you get a lot of uh, fans travelling as well. And 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 some will. I've seen quite a lot on social media. Fans are going to make a weekend of it, so it's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. But I think Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. I think are the games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. Um, yeah. So people are making a kind of a weekend for us. If you can't get the whole weekend, then we'll come up for the Saturday and the Sunday games. And like you're saying, the way they've priced it, you can, you can get like an all-in for everything, or you can buy just GB, or you can buy a day pass. Or you can buy... Basically, they've made it as easy as possible and as um, value as money. That's not a proper word, but as much as best value as possible. So they've given you all of the options, all of the different ways. However you want to attend that tournament, they've made it as, as easy as possible for you. Yeah, and Nottingham is a great place. I've been to playoff weekend for the Elite League uh, a couple of times in Nottingham, and it, it is—it's a great hockey town. You, you're not wrong there. Yeah. The one thing I'm, Craig, the thing that's been in the British media in the last week, and I wonder because of your nature with English ice hockey, looking through the leagues, we can't not mention the story of the former Ch- um, Chelsea and the Arsenal goalkeeper playing out for Guildford Phoenix. I mean, what what is the kind of feeling of this um, actually within English ice hockey? Is it just a is it great? The people are kind of reveling it that finally the sport is getting some recognition in the British media, or is it a bit like yeah yeah whatever? I mean, it's been it's been fantastic getting the the national ice hockey league. Um, any sort of coverage is is fantastic, but to get get the South Division Two, Guildford Phoenix. Um, to kind of not just all over the UK media, but it, it got picked up in in the states. The likes of Sportsnet, TSN, things like that. The Athletic had a um, Craig Custance got a two or three goalie coaches who've coached in the NHL to watch the penalty shootout and give a breakdown of Petacek's skill and kind of ability. And basically, they've given them a free coaching course for like for nothing. It's <laughs> it's got so much coverage. Um, you just you just couldn't you just couldn't buy buy coverage like that. But what do people in the league think? I mean, are you hearing any rumblings? Like people at Billingham, when you go to a game there, are they kind of like just yeah, whatever? It's just a it's just a bit of a publicity stunt. It doesn't really mean anything. Or is it? Are they happy to see that the sports getting a, a mark? No, the the greatest pleased to see it out there. I mean, I I don't think it is a publicity stunt because I've talked to people. Down in, in Guildford, he's he's been around the Guildford organisation sort of for a few years. He's trained with the the Flames a couple of times. I've I was talking to somebody at um, at a women's league game the other day. He's he's trained with the Guildford ladies team, and obviously when when the chance came to to join the Phoenix, um, I mean I think he's going to play last last I heard about seven or eight games. I think he can make because of his football commitment. So he's he's not just doing it as a one off. Um, I think he generally does, and I watched the, and that was the other bizarre thing. You've watched this National League Division Two South 
game normally get like kind of 70, 80 people where there's like 900 in the, in the rink in Guildford. And then you, you cut to the post-match, there's a press conference, there's all of the local, national, Sky, whatever. There's written media, radio, TV, the whole thing, proper press conference. Um, it was just surreal on that, on that point. But I think, listen, listen to his press conference, he, he does generally love ice hockey. When he was a, when he was a kid, he kind of had to make the choice at a, at, a, at a young age Yeah. to go football or to go hockey. So I think he is, he is generally doing it for the, for the right reasons. He's not just doing it for a, for a one-off. I, I'm trying to think, so Guildford Flames, are, they're in the top flight um, league still, are they? Yeah, they're in the yeah, league still league. there. Um, and uh, if I remember rightly, they uh, play in a leisure centre, don't they? Um, where there's like a swimming pool in the you know next door to where the ice hockey um, rink is. So, what what a bizarre place to go from Arsenal to basically playing <laughs> hockey when there's a swimming pool next door and in a leisure centre. Crazier okay. things have happened. Get your tickets at reception, you go past the McDonald's, past around the cafe, and then into the ice rink, yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, no, and, and, and that is, in essence, that is kind of that level of British hockey. It is smaller rinks, leisure centres, things like that. Yeah. Um, that is what that level of hockey is all about. Yeah. And just doesn't, mean... not, doesn't normally have a balcony full of TV cameras. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, so um, let's kind of catch up where we're at across the league um so many different things you know what the 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 weird thing as i was kind of just scouting through the last couple of days to kind of get myself up to speed the number seven seems to feature a lot it's like number seven was haunting me this week um that there were four games in the last week where one side scored seven goals in a game um, there were also four games with a double figures of goals for both sides together. Um, Detroit Red Wings had seven straight regulation losses and New York Islanders had seven straight wins. Um, can you name a player that wears number seven? Anybody? Um, not off the top of my head. No, neither can I. I mean, I threw that at you, but... My trivia this week, uh, my trivia question is, which game do you think featured both the least and the most shots on goal this this week? Can you have a guess at which teams may have had the least shots on goal and the most shots on goal? Two different teams. They just happened to both be in the same game, which I thought was quite ironic. Uh, one team scored, uh, let me find it, Dun, 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 dun. 15 shots on goal was the least amount of shots on goal in a game and in the same game the other team scored uh, sorry did 49 shots on goal I'll, I'll take Ot- Ottawa for the least <laughs> okay so I, I know that without always bringing it back to the Leafs I know when the Leafs played the Sharks they kept the Sharks down to something ridiculously low yeah, so that game, Sharks only had 17 shots on goal and Leafs didn't do that much better. They only had 27. Um, but no, this this was actually, you're never going to guess it really, but it was the Ducks. Anaheim Ducks had 15 shots on goal uh, compared to um, Vegas Knights who had 49. Um, and the other one where there was a lot of action was um, Pittsburgh Penguins and Tampa Bay Lightning 
where respectively they had 39 shots on goal and Lightning had 48 shots on goal as well. So they are very busy night to their goalies. But Anaheim Ducks, what's going on there? No one's uh, no one's getting pucks to the back of the net, that's for sure, or even attempting to. I was surprised by that because it's only when we talked about this on the podcast last week uh, where we noticed that I can't remember which team it was now that had 18 shots on goal and we thought that was low. So it's kind of just made me keep my eye out for those little weird details. Um, other stuff that I was looking at was around like power play and, and penalty kill as well. And what I found really interesting was that, um, you know, we mentioned Sharks there and Toronto, um, you know, put four past them the other day and there was a ton of different penalties up for grabs. And Sharks penalty kill is actually top of the league at the moment, 93.2%. Um, so although they're not necessarily having the best time out there at the moment winning, their penalty kill is on point. Mind you, some people would argue don't get a penalty in the first place. Um, <laughs> and then uh, top of power play at the moment is still Oilers, um, 33.3%, which, you know, is is pretty good going. Um, so, yeah, is there anything that's kind of caught your um, eyes uh, that's kind of stood out to you from little surprises or things across the league. I I haven't managed to catch many games. Uh, been pretty busy with work, so I've just been trying to catch up with the the Stars games, which have been uh, on the low scoring end. Uh, seeing some of the other scores around the league, I'm quite jealous about the amount of goals that have been uh, been going in the back of the net. Hmm. Um, looking at the three stars as well this week. Um, Brad, Brad Marchand, the man I love to hate, got first star. Um, and Nashville, uh, Roman Yossi got um, the second star. He obviously bagged himself a new contract as well, didn't he? he did. $72 million for a D-man. I mean, I think I read somewhere that makes him the third highest paid defenseman in the league. Um, I, and I'm intrigued now to know who, who's number one and number two. I was trying to have a little think when I was getting the tram home tonight and I, I, I couldn't put my finger on it. Who would it be? Is that on the D-men? Yeah, Carlson. What, did, what Carlson was Carlson? and uh, Ah, okay. okay. Oh, I, I must have come in when I was on a, a break at lunch and I was having a look because I think he's, he's the third the third one that's over nine mil. Yeah, um, yeah. PK's on nine nine mil exactly. He's gone to nine point just over. And then you've got Doughty's on 11 and Carlson 11 and a half. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's mad. And the, the third star obviously went to the Philly goalie, Brian Elliott, who is technically their backup, isn't he? But he's, um, I think he's put, he's got three wins behind him. Um, so not bad. Hey, just going back to the Bruins, I don't know if you saw this, Craig, actually, that... Um, they uh, they put some pictures out on social media this week where all the team are dressed up as Toy Story, um, and Patrice Berge- Bergeron was uh, Buzz Lightyear, and he was absolutely loving his costume. Did you see the pictures of that? I must have missed that one. I didn't see that. <laughs> what a shame! But the other thing I mentioned um, in the introduction of these weird little quirk stories that always catch my eye. You know, the other week we talked about um, Church of Pedersen. Uh, well, there's been a bit of a spat going on between P.K. Subban and Gritty, um, the Philly mascot. And so Gritty was um, pictured when um, the Devils were playing 
um, Philly, he, in the warm-up, he had a sign, you know, the, the way you see kids holding up signs as they do the warm-up whilst they're doing the, the pre-broadcast kind of rambles. And the sign just said... Um, uh, that basically Lindsay could do better. And Lindsay is P.K. Subban's fiance. And then in response, P.K. Subban dressed up as the uh, New Jersey Devils mascot at the team's Halloween party. And they had like a little sign and they tweeted it in response to Gritty. So, <sighs> Subban, I didn't, I didn't actually realise who Subban's uh, fiance is, but she's obviously got a lot of clout and is like a really outspoken campaigner for um, helping young women get into winter sports. I think it is, and she's a she's a skier, an Olympic skier. Yeah, most successful winter skier of all time, or something like that, isn't she? There you go. Well, I didn't know. So you're you're right. not a fan of Subban, are you, Claire? I, I don't know. I just, uh, I don't know. I don't know what I think about him. But then also I think the last couple of seasons as a hockey player, he's kind of passed me by. Yeah, you he's know, had a few like quieter on, seasons. On ice. But I think, I think the good thing about you need characters like Subban to draw people to the game. And I think, you know, we need we need more characters in the game. Yeah, and I understand that. And that's where I think... I can't remember which episode it was a couple of weeks ago where I started to think about it from a different perspective and I was like, yeah, actually, this sport would be boring without Ovi, without Suban, like the the characters that we love to hate, without Marchand, it would be boring. Like if everyone was like John Tavares, yeah, it'd be dull. <laughs> <laughs> so my perspective is, is changing. Yeah, I mean, he's a nice guy, but he's not entertaining, is he? Um, and it's like even even the other day in, when I was watching the Toronto Sharks um, game in the second intermission, they you know they how they grab a player and they just get like a couple of words with them, you know as they're going back into the locker room off the ice in the intermission, and they got Eric Carlson and um, I can't remember what he said, but the end of the uh, end of the little interview, he turned around to the guy and just went, great questions, thanks for that. <laughs> and was like really, really cheeky. And it was just like, you know, out of the kind of the format of how these things work. And everyone was just laughing. At that point, the Sharks were, they were winning, I think, or we were we were tied, I can't remember. But they weren't losing anyway, so that's why he still had a sense of humour. Um, but I did kind of, I like those little quirks. It showed a little bit of personality where normally they're so sweaty and, and breathy that they can't even put four words together, can they? And it's so many cliches. And they they just, just want to get back to the dressing room as quick as possible. Yeah, exactly. Because some of them do like these weird things where they go and have their pickle juice or they have an ice bath. Who was it like, I don't know if it's Patrick Marlowe. Um, or someone like that who who has a an ice bath in between every period, and it's like what? How how do you have time to take all of your gear off? Or taking off all your skates and your padding surely must take at least like five ten minutes, maybe five minutes. But then you got to put it all back on. It'd just be just be a ball ache, wouldn't it? I just wouldn't like the ice bath. No, well, obviously. But whatever keeps him keeps him going. It might not be Patrick Marlowe. It might be someone else. Someone write me say, in, if, write if me if an Patrick angry Marlo, letter. He's, he's he's doing him well because he's still playing at a, at a good age. So uh, 
It's working. Yeah. Yeah. It is working. Um, So the other thing that you brought up, Matt, was about this Pittsburgh Penguins um, weird quirk thing that Mike Sullivan did uh, last week. Explain to us about Grandma's ham. (laughs) Uh, So... Yeah, this this came up on the Stars broadcast of the um, Pens and Stars game, and to be honest, the the scoreline meant that this was probably the only thing that I took away from the game. But it was all around the morning skate, and how Sullivan had said that he thinks it's it's absolutely pointless, and when he was pushed on it. He he went and told a, a bit of a story about it, and he said uh, it reminds me of why did my mother cut the side of the hams off before she cooked them? I asked her why do you cut the side of the hams off, and she said I don't know because that's how my mother taught me, I guess. So he asked his grandma, and he and she said uh, he said why do you cut the sides off the ham before you put it in the oven, and she said well, it's easy. I didn't have a pan big enough. <laughs> It's just it just kind of sums up, I think, that I think a lot of people think the morning skate is completely pointless, but the whole league do it because that's just what they've always done, and nobody's really willing to kind of break the mold and 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 stop doing it on a regular basis. They um they maybe miss a couple every so often, but no no team's really gone to to just cutting out the morning skate altogether. Yeah, though I suppose it does kind of give you an indication of whether someone's going to be in the lineup for a game, doesn't it? And an inkling of injuries and that kind of stuff. I mean, maybe it depends on which market you're in, because in Toronto, like the the press pack is like it's just uh, it's really busy. Like there's there's always people. Um, hunting down a story for every little thing so they kind of need the fodder of every little quirk don't they but maybe in the quieter markets it doesn't really matter as much i can't remember who said it but they said that the um the only real reason for the morning skate is so that um everybody can get excited about tweeting out the the lines during the morning skate because it seems that all that's all that journalists do now is is tweet out the the lines for, yeah. for during morning skate and everybody gets excited or or criticizes them on twitter mm. i think i was looking at um oh tampa did a uh, the lines that came out of their morning skate i think it was i think it was this morning actually um well you know braden point and anthony sorelli weren't at the morning skate and it was like are they going to be out are they going to be in like you know that kind of stuff meltdown yeah 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 it gives it gives a bit of a line or a story to kind of pump up the anticipation in that state but you see so you're right in that case like it's not really for the players is it it's just for the media i think as well the number of times you hear a, a manager or a coach even um say after the game when they've lost oh i thought we looked really good in morning skate i thought we were going to start really well and then and then we didn't and it's kind of like <laughs> Or or they win a game and it's like, well, we didn't have a good morning skate. And it's like, it doesn't seem to have any correlation to whether or not they play well. Maybe that's mm. just from a star's perspective. Yeah, you never heard anyone say, yeah, but it was a great warm-up, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think warm-ups win your games, but I don't know. No. 
I don't know, but there's a lot of superstition around um, warm-ups, though. Like, goalies like things to be done in a certain certain way, and if then the warm-up doesn't quite go to plan, it can kind of knock them off-centre. Um, so there there are kind of a lot of unwritten rules around warm-ups. I mean, Craig, you, you get to watch ice hockey in person a lot. Do you ever t- pay any attention to warm-ups? Um, if I'm... Obviously, at the ring, if I'm depending, if I'm if I'm working the game, or if I'm just watching as a fan, if I'm watching as a fan, not necessarily. But obviously, what, what is it? If I'm working the game, then yes, I'd, I'd see. Not to tweet out line combinations or anything, but just to just to see, um, kind of who's who's skating well. Like you say, the goalies get the get the, like the, like you get the feel of the puck, and I think there is a kind of a an unwritten. You've got to do yeah. Skating first, and then the goalie has some shots, and then you do a bit more skating, and everybody has a shot, and then you do this, and then you do long shots, short shots. There is kind of a whether it's in a handbook somewhere that we don't have access to, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know if there are any goalies that are listening, um, or any kind of very attentive fans that know about some of these different rhythms and patterns and superstitions around it. I'd be very interested to know. I've asked goalies about this before many moons ago, but it was, yeah, I can't remember what they said, but just like the, the order of it. Because um, I guess if you're a goalie and then you keep missing shots in a warm up, that's going to like do something to your psyche, surely. Yeah, I mean, loads of pucks go in during um, during the warm up because there's so many coming at them from all angles. So, yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't think it would do my confidence very, very good. No. Talking about loads of pucks going in nets, how the heck did Vancouver Canucks score five goals in one period? Did you see this? 7-2 against um, the Flanthers, as I call them. Five goals in a period. I am so grateful to have Bo Horvat in my fantasy team right now. Who would have thought that he would be bringing me the points? Thank you very much, Bo. You only keep bringing that up because you're top of the league. I know, and uh, I get to keep doing that because eventually I'm not going to be top of the league, so I'm reveling in that joy whilst it lasts. Um, the other thing was Winnipeg Jets, Adam Lowry suspended two games for boarding uh, the Flames' Oliver Kylington. Um, what I could not believe was how much money uh, in- is involved in just two games. So as a result of the CBA... Get this right, 71 grand goes to the player's emergency assistant fund based on his average annual salary. So that's like like more, just over 35k for a day's work. I need to be an ice hockey player. I don't care about losing my teeth, but 35k, have, oh, have I got the wrong end of the stick here? Is that basically what that's saying? Yeah, and he's not one of the, the highest paid guys either, so... Um, just if it, if it was somebody like a like a McDavid or a, somebody like that, what their daily rate would be would be astronomical. Thirty five k for a day. I mean, wow, just blew my mind. And uh, I never knew that actually. I, I just thought when they, when they weren't going to get pay, I never actually thought. Well, where does that money go? So it was the first time that I'd ever noticed that that goes to this player's emergency assistant fund. Um, if you if you look at it at time on ice, it's probably thirty thirty one grand for twenty five minutes. Yeah, so then we could work out per minute is more 
It's a grand. <laughs> More than a grand a minute. That's crazy. <laughs> oh, God. Um, what else have I got here? Um, uh, 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 I, 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 my handwriting is so bad on my notes that I can't even really work out. I can't read my own handwriting. Right, what have we got? Let's bounce around the, the league. So I had a quick look over the Atlantic. You guys looked at um, some of your divisions. Matt, fill us in on your your division, as painful as it is for you as a Dallas fan. Well, so, I mean, the the Avs are still doing pretty well. They've I think they've only lost, um, I think, two games in regulation. Um, which is pretty impressive. Um, scoring lots of goals, they look they look really good. Um, Edmonton still still flying high in the West as well, um, and and Nashville are the other team that have have started really well in the Central. Um, either luckily or unfortunately for Dallas, we've only played three games against teams from the West, so uh, we've we've got a lot of games coming up against people in our in our conference and our division. So we've got to start picking it up, else we will will definitely get. Um, cut adrift I think we've had a, a tough start we've played Washington twice already played St Louis played Pittsburgh twice um, and so we're we're languishing down the bottom with a, a record of 4-8 and 1 um, but it's it's really scoring that's been the issue um, I think everybody thought bringing in Pavelski and, and um, Perry that that scoring would be less of an issue this year, but um, it's actually the big boys that aren't doing the scoring. Uh, ben Sagan, Radulov, and Pavelski have combined for just six goals, um, which is absolutely not not good enough, and and is is one of the reasons that we're uh, not doing doing too well. So that that's got to change. Mm. Um. Just noticed as well, Matt Zuccarello is uh, coming back to Dallas, isn't he? Although, albeit yeah. with the other side. Um, uh, if I if I was betting, I'd be putting on uh, on him for first goal. Yeah, I've got um, an Edmonton Oilers fan on next week, actually. So it'll be really interesting to to hear from him and kind of what's going right there. Um, some of the you know the the teams that didn't necessarily do that great last year: Chicago, L.A. Um, I'm not. I'm kind of totally not up to speed with what's really even happening with them. Whether it's just doomsday. Um, have you? You guys haven't played Chicago yet, have you? No, like I say, we've we've only played um, one Central Division team. Okay. Um, but we have got four out of our next five games against um, opponents in in the Central. So. Um, we're going to start seeing more of those teams. I think we've got the Avs twice in the next five, so it doesn't get any easier. But um, again, if you if you turn those into to wins, you you start climbing up the rankings reasonably quickly. But yeah, I think I think she, I, I actually think the Central's going to end up really close. Um, maybe maybe teams like the Avs might run away at the top. But I think everybody else. I think it's going to be really close. I think Chicago are going to get m- uh, more points this year um, than last year. They're, I think um, teams like Nashville are going to be there again and Winnipeg. I just think it's a really a really tough division. Yeah, and while Chicago are sitting with eight points, um, you know, joint or, or pretty much sixth and seventh for Minnesota, they've only played 10 games, whereas, 
you've played 13, so there's yeah, still got three I, I, games in hand. weird. I think, was that because they went over to Berlin or somewhere and played early on? And I think I saw we'd played 12 games and they'd only played five. Yeah, point. I mean, there's there's other there's other teams like New York Rangers, New Jersey Devils that have only played nine at the moment. So, um, God, I mean, how many have Toronto played? Thirteen, and I'm really feeling it as a fan as well. I can't actually wait for next week when we go down to just two games in the week because it's exhausting trying to keep up with like four games in a week. Yeah. You just can't do it. It's too much of like uh, gone from no hockey to far too much hockey. Um, Nashville, right. So I don't really follow um, much about Nashville. I don't really know anything about them, but they're up there, aren't they? They're they're in second place at the moment, and they've got seven wins behind them, um, which is pretty damn good. That's got to put them like middle league, surely. Yeah, they've they've been quite a consistent team making the playoffs for the last few years, and and obviously we played them in in round one. Um, but without Subban, I don't I don't know who their stars are actually. Uh, trying to think now that Subban's moved on. I think they've they've just got a good solid team. They've got Ryan Johansson, um, and they had they had quite a few young guys come through and play quite well in in the series against us. I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to we've got them in the Winter Classic on New Year's Day, so. Um, yeah, looking forward to to playing them in that. I think we've got them in um, December before that. So looking forward to hopefully a bit of a, a rivalry starting in that game, getting ready for the Winter Classic. Yeah, actually, I take it back. They've got Yossi, haven't they, which we've already just yes. talked about there. Um, they've got Duchesne. Pecorino. They've got Pecorino. So there are names that, that we do know. And I'm certain that I think I've got Victor... Arvidsson in my fantasy league as well, although I don't think he's got me a lot of points, so um, I benched him a few times. <coughs> so. Philip Forsberg as well, he always plays well against us. Yeah. So, uh, that is, is the team of Finns as well. Loads of Swedish and loads of Finnish people. So I'm sure that um, Paul, our Finnish fanatic, uh, the Sharks fan would definitely, if he ever needed to switch sides, and maybe he wants to go to Nashville instead. Um, what else? So, um, Craig, you got to have a, a quick scoot over the the Metro uh, Metropolitan. What's kind of going on over there? What are the stories coming out? Yeah, the the Metro. It's in a way, it's very similar to the to the Central way. Preseason, it was tipped to be very close, and you didn't really. Um, Come, say who was who was going to come out on top, but as as it started off, uh, Washington have started off really strong. Um, they've only lost two games on the road so far, six one and one on the road. I don't know who their next game is against. Oh, it's against the Leafs. Never mind. Um, <laughs> yeah, they scored great. fifty. Um, Islanders have bounced back from last year. They've they've gone second, um, and they're doing the the goalie tandem thing again. Seems to be working well with them. They've got uh, Volamov, who's their new signing. Um, Came in in place of of Robin Lenner, a bit of a, a controversial one in the in the summer. But Volomov started strong and, and going with Thomas Grice, so they're putting up a a strong tandem again. So they're in second. Um, Robin Lenner, by the way, just to mention, when I was looking in the 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 goalie standings, Robin Lenner was third in the league right now. He's on a roll. Couldn't believe that. I mean, it was issue sure last year what he could do. Um, I think it was just a. 
a Lou Lamorello thing that he didn't that he, he didn't get the contract in in the island. It was um, it was kind of the way it was came across. He kind of had an ultimatum: you need to sign by this time, and he didn't. So Lamorello went off to something else, um, and by the time. Uh, Lena picked up his message. He, he kind of missed the missed the missed the chance sort of thing. Oh my god, uh, good! Bizarre one, but that's that's Lou Lamorello for you. <laughs> um, what else we got in the metro? As, as uh, through my set with it without sounding presumptuous, sounding I've got notes that I prepared earlier. Yeah. Um, obviously Carolina, um, still. I don't. Are Carolina still a surprise team now after what they did last year and what they've started to do? Can we still say they're a surprise? I don't know. I don't know. They're a pleasant surprise. I was just saying. I, I think for my disappointment was New York Rangers getting off to such a poor start, but then they have only played nine games. I guess to put it in context, um, to be sitting that low down, I was quite surprised. Yeah, I've got their Rangers and Devils at the the bottom two places in the division. Uh, the Rangers, like you say. Um, a lot was was thought of them. They kind of they'd done a rebuild, kind of in a hurry, and obviously getting getting Panarin, getting Capo Caco, everything seemed to be pointing upwards. But um, although Panarin's got five goals, uh, Capo Caco has only got one goal, one assist, uh, and he's a he's a minus twelve. Um, plus minus isn't a great stat, but when when he's minus twelve and nobody else is worse than a minus seven, I mean, it it does it does tell you something. Um, and the Devils, again, a lot of recruitment in the in the summer. Uh, PK was one, um, like you say, to try and kind of re- regenerate there. And, and Taylor Hall's in a, in a contract year. He's going to be the big free agent this year. Um, he's only scored one goal, and their goalies aren't really doing the job. Their their safe percentage is teams down in there. It starts with an eight, and that's never good. Yeah, it's interesting. So the when I looked over the um, Atlantic, obviously, the surprise really was that at the top three, Buffalo, Boston, Florida, um, heavily disappointing for me was knowing that Toronto Maple Leafs are in the second wildcard spot, clutching on. Um, but just looking behind Buffalo, you know, Carter Carter Hutton's got six out of um six out of eight wins. Um Jack Eichel's thirteen goals. Um I mean they've got nine wins, um, uh, which gives them twenty points, and that's why they're topping the leagues with the caps uh, biting at their heels a point behind them. Um and even then just looking, say a team like Boston who sit they're second in the Atlantic, but they're way up there in the league and they've just got a real load of consistency behind them. Tuka Rask is, is best goalie in the league at the moment with a save um, percentage of uh, 9.52. Um, Pasternak's been up there as well. He's got 23 points, um, which is amazing. And I mean, he got he got the first star, didn't he? Was it last week? Um, for just some incredible streaks that were happening with his games. Um, even looking at um, Freddie Anderson... I wasn't quite sure what to what in my head what to make of it because um, I think a lot of us think of Toronto lost quite horrifically to Tampa a few weeks ago. Uh, again, the number seven comes back to haunt me, um, and in uh, I think in our that that heavily um, dented his 
uh, kind of stats, really. But overall, out of the nine games he's played, he's won six, which surprised me um, that actually he's doing better better than I thought. Um, what did interest me is that Tampa are sitting fifth in the Atlantic at the moment after putting such a good run together um last year they've only got 12 points but they've only played 10 games um what might be a little bit more tricksy for them is they are about to head on a long trip on the road um as far as i understand i don't know how many games on the road but whether we might see them kind of sit mid table for the atlantic for a little bit longer if that challenges them um and then detroit i mean nobody really expected much from them but the only really shining um shining star with them is Anthony Mantha who's uh in the top 10 of the league because he's got seven goals um yeah I mean I was pleasantly surprised watching Montreal the other night uh on Saturday um I thought they had a lot of a lot of speed they had really good starts um, they seem to have really solid, clean systems, whereas Toronto sometimes seemed a bit like, what are you doing? Why are you, why are you doing that? They're still finding their feet and playing with each other and the lines are changing even during the game. Um, I mean, what did you think of, of Montreal when you watched that game back, Craig, as painful as it was? Um, like, like you say, the, it's, it's taken them a while to... To, to get there, but you you, find, you finally think that they're turning the corner in Montreal, which is, I suppose, take your take your Leafs hat off for 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 a minute. It's it's good for the league to have a kind of one of your your storied franchises kind of back where they belong, sort of thing. That um, it was like you say, it was it was pretty much what 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 Toronto wasn't the the speeds there, the skills there. Obviously, Carey Price when he's when he's full on Carey Price. Um, He's obviously he's one of the highest paid goalies, but he's he's kind of proving his worth at the moment, um, and he can he give them a chance to win every night, um, and they've, they've they've kind of got scoring throughout the lines as well, so they they haven't just got the one one or two threats. Um, so it was in, f- f- as much as like you say, as much as it pained, um, it was an impressive performance. Yeah, I guess most people would are going to assume when we look at a playoff picture. Uh, you know, made from assumptions right now that Boston, Toronto and Tampa would be the clear three that would probably go through with Florida, Montreal and um, Buffalo potentially um, chasing the the wildcard spots. But who knows how that's going to work out? I don't know who I would pick out of those three right now. Probably, I'd probably say Florida and Montreal, but then Buffalo are here to surprise everyone, aren't they? That's the nature of this sport. Buffalo have been the team that um, have impressed me the most, and and they've they've been quite exciting to watch. Uh, they they shut us out, which is <laughs> easily done, um, but their their offensive power is really really quite strong. So I think they they're going to score goals this year. If if um, is it Allmark and and Hutton as a goalkeeping tandem? If they can continue to play well, then I think they they might stay up there, surprise a few people. Yeah, um, I was listening to a podcast the other day, a hockey podcast where oh, I forget who it was, but the the premise of the conversation was this guy had been looking into which is more important: a team that's really great at scoring goals or a team that is 
really great at defending, like uh, kind of seeing who progresses through the playoffs, which kind of style. Um, and I, I'm pretty certain that the end of the conversation, albeit quite long-winded, basically came back that defence is is better. Um, it's, it's just a bit more solid to kind of protect you. So you're not kind of always chase you're not having to play catch up all the time which is very apt being a Leafs fan um to obviously hear those conversations at the moment because we're built around speed skill and lots of offense um but not necessarily the defense so yeah it's interesting isn't it and then you look at Oilers as well and they've got loads of offense going on there it's a it's a bit of a cliche, but I think it is a a, a balance of 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 both offense and defense. Um, I think the teams that kind of just play with the we're going to score one more than you mentality it works in the short term, but when you get to the playoffs, it doesn't always doesn't always work. And obviously, the teams that are more defensive, you don't score as many goals, so you don't you don't win those tight games necessarily. So. Um, yeah, it's it's got to be a, a balance between the two, I think. And the the, the 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 hockey literally does change to a different sport in the playoffs as well because the the rules kind of change. The referees stop calling anything, and so yeah, your free flowing offense can be shut down a bit more by the a bit of hooking and holding and slashing and things that isn't called as much in the playoffs. So it kind of does um, swing the balance a bit back back towards defense in playoff hockey. Ah, it's an interesting sport, isn't it? You never stop learning. That's one thing for sure. Well, let's um, let's flip away from kind of stuff that's happening right now and just kind of think big picture for a second. So, um, a couple of episodes ago, we had Rob McGregor on, um, who is he? Kind of, I think if I had to push him to tell me what his team is, it's New York Islanders. But he's a bit of a floater, if I'm honest. Um, he loves his goalies, but his rant on the podcast a couple of weeks ago was talking really around NHL's global profile and the fact that he felt that the NHL isn't doing enough to kind of make the sport known better, particularly within Europe. Um, but one of the things that came out that caught my eye this week, kind of continuing on, on from that, and a lot of you um, listening seem to really kind of resonate with some of the comments and, and, and wanted to throw uh, a couple of words in yourself. But an article that came out on The Athletic um, this week, written by James Myrtle, uh, was around like the NHL's um, uh, presence in China and why and how it's kind of chasing this as a market. A lot of it kind of points, um, as we mentioned earlier, to um, the Winter Olympics coming up in Beijing. Um, but it, also in the article, it, it kind of um, it sent me off on a bit of a rabbit hole, really. You know how you just kind of start Googling and you read another article and you read another article. And before you know, you're like, I've just lost 25 minutes to read an article about NHL in China. Um and I thought what was really interesting that it, it talked about, um, you know, there are there are one and a half billion people in China. It's got a fifth of the world's population. We know it's a massive, massive place. There's loads going on there. But what I hadn't really thought was about 
They <laughs> talked about how it's like the rise in um, the middle class who want to spend more um, on foreign sports. They're attracted to the um, the Western culture and the fact that a couple of years ago there were only 200 people playing ice hockey in China. Now there are 12,000. Um, there are more rinks up. There are more kids playing in grassroots um, programs. There are more North American coaches going over to China. Um, and then it also pointed out some of these facts and figures around the NBA's um, TV deal, which I don't follow NBA. I mean, do you guys follow NBA? It's not really not my really, thing. Not really. no. no. I mean, I know what it is. I know how it works. And I know that they have a lot more money than the NHL. But just to kind of see some of the facts, put this out there. So one and a half billion dollars in revenue. That is the figure that the NBA's TV deal just in China gets them. And compared to the NHL, that figure alone is more than what the NHL gets from its US TV partner, NBC. So huge amount of money. And even the Chinese government is investing in uh, winter sports as well in the run up to Beijing. Um, You look at some of the teams that are qualifying already for Beijing. And I'm pretty certain, Craig, that I read somewhere that China's women's ice hockey team has qualified, as has Australia, which kind of made me go, what? Australia and China women ice hockey team have qualified for the Winter Olympics. That made me kind of go, hmm, really? <laughs> I'm not sure about so. Australia. I know China presumably will have because they're, they're a host. Um, so as long as they can give assurance that'll be up to a certain standard, as the, uh, as the Koreans had to do in... Um, when they hosted, they had to be at a certain level to to get their to get their spot. Yeah. Um, Australia were in the same or are in the same division as GB women, I think, which is Division Two. So I don't know how that can be, unless the qualifications going on um, on a different uh, a different track to the World Championships. But Australia are in the same division as GB in the in normal World Championships. Mm, I'm certain I'm just going to Google it now and just make sure that I've actually got that right. But I'm pretty certain when I was reading, I was like, what? Um, It was in news. I'm going to type in here, ice hockey. Live Googling people on a podcast. Oh, I can't find it. It's not, it's not come up when I've Googled it, but I'll look into it. But I remember thinking that is a bit weird. I'm certain it was Australia, not Austria as well. Because let's face it, when you're tired, they're very easy to confuse when you read two Austria and Australia next to each other. Um, So, yeah, I was... uh, I mean, I was also looking at, like, the implications if they're, you know, behind the NHL. Because the, the previous... Discussions over this were like the fact that some of the team's um, players were not allowed to play in the Olympics because it clashed with the NHL season. Uh, but really, South Korea doesn't have a big market that the NHL is interested in, whereas they're more likely to kind of look at partner and revenue streams with China because the market is so big. Um, so how that's going to work uh, with with players and their teams and negotiations around that. But it was more around like, what I hadn't realised was we hear in the news about you know, the political elements to do with China, um, a lot of campaigns and protests um, going on in Hong Kong at the moment. 
um, and people speaking out against you know the communist regiments and human rights and stuff. And actually, the GM of uh, an NBA team, Houston Rockets, um, tweeted in support of the protesters in Hong Kong. And then what basically ended up happening was he had to retract that tweet um, because the NBA put out a statement and his team had to put out a statement saying they apologised for offending any of their Chinese fans or friends. Um, so that is kind of like, it's just so, it's so kind of complicated that I never really even thought about that that kind of element. It's it's going to be really interesting how the NHL take it forwards. But I mean, the the, the fact that just two months ago, Alex Ovechkin signed up basically to be the league's ambassador to the to the country. So went and did a, like a whole press photo shoot and went out on the Great Wall and um, met with people there and just did all these photo ops. It's obviously something to kind of watch um, over the next couple of years. I mean, do you think do you think that the NHL are behind the times and they should have done this sooner? Or is it one that you kind of like? Oof, I'm not sure this is a good idea, guys. Maybe just stick to your stick to what you know. Um, well, they're, they're, like you say, they're, they're they're chasing the they're chasing the money to start with. They'll, they'll they'll say it's about growing the game and growing participation, but like you said, there's there's one and a half billion people there. There's a, there's an awful lot of um, disposable income there. That's that that's why they're looking at China. Um, the the issues that hit the NBA, I, I don't think will be as much of a, an issue for the for the NHL because the NHL is very um, by its by its nature and by its culture, it's very apolitical. It doesn't get involved in anything. Kind of, it doesn't want to put its head above the parapet. It just like kind of tootling along in the background. Um, whereas the NBA and the NFL. Um, had the very public um, kind of on the back of the, the Colin Kaepernick, the, the kneeling for the anthem thing a year or two ago um, that, that hit the NFL and the NBA, whereas it didn't really trickle down to the N, to the NHL. And I think a similar sort of thing here. The, the, the players don't like to put themselves out there. The, there's no NHL GM that I can think of would, would be tweeting um, free Hong Kong um, to kind of put his club um, in the spotlight like that. So I don't think it'll be as much of an issue for, for the NHL when they do go out there. Yeah, it's... I mean, because apparently they've got... Um, in terms of exhibition games, they've got they've got stuff coming up in six out of the next seven seasons are already booked to play games out there. But I just thought it was kind of really interesting that there's kind of cross-pollination already of players who are moving out from China to Canada because they want to kind of get to chase that dream of playing in the NHL um, and the fact that there are coaches and players going out there to China to be a part of these programs already that cross fertilization is kind of happening um, I mean I can't I can't think of a, a, a Chinese player in the NHL has there been a Chinese player in the NHL Will there be soon? I'm not sure. Nothing One... comes to mind. Not that I'm aware of, no. No, so, you know, it's it only it feels like from what I was reading um today 
that that is something that we could expect to see in the next five years. Um, so it, it's kind of just one of those things that I think it's all worth us like reading about and, and just following in the back of our minds. You know, in the next couple of years, a lot of us are kind of thinking, okay, we've got to, every time I see something about Seattle, I'm like, okay, yeah, what's going on there? What's the latest? Have they decided their name? No, they still haven't. Move on. What What's next? Um, but it's kind of just like one of those things. Yeah, it's only really in the last like couple of weeks that I've started to kind of think a little bit more about Beijing 2022 and the impact that's going to have on this sport, really, um, and winter sports as a whole um, in kind of bring, driving up the profile. Yeah, I think I think for the NHL, they've got to let the players participate in the Olympics to further their league um, because that is the the biggest uh, winter sporting event there is and it inspires kids to go and um, try these sports it inspires people to go and watch them and follow them and, and they want to follow the players that they've seen and if you don't see the NHL players then you don't follow on and watch the NHL after the uh, after the Olympics if, if that's your introduction into ice hockey um, so I think they've got it. They've got to let them go, and I think the easiest way for them to um, be big in China is to have a Chinese player in the NHL. And so you know this investment in Chinese pe- uh, players coming over to to Canada and coaches going over to China and things. I think that's that's the way we saw it with the the NBA. I know you know big Chinese stars playing in the NBA, and and that's made it a massive sport in in China. And and that's the easiest way to get the NHL big in China. Mm. I mean, how are they going to do it? They're surely going to have to, like, why not just sack off All-Star Weekend? Like that break or something like that. They're just going to gonna have to put, like, a two-week break in the season, surely. How else can they do it? Well, the thing is that they already give every team, is it a 10-day break? Um, but at different times of the season. Um, and you could just put that that break in the same in the same period and then and then tag on to the all-star break or something and and that probably gets you three weeks without without losing any time in the schedule yeah i mean they're surely they're gonna have to do that i wonder how they go about it whether they have to negotiate with like um like the, the the players union what's it called yeah i think it's pretty i think it's pretty complicated Mm-hmm. There's yeah. money involved, and schedules, and season ticket holders, and yeah. yeah, Disney on Ice, and pantomimes, and Justin Bieber gigs and stuff. Yeah, but they've got plenty of time. I mean, it just as you say, it'd just be crazy that that they they would say no. There has to be some kind of flexibility. It's mad. I I don't know. One to watch anyway. The kind of thing as well. If 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 China said. You know, if you want to come into our country, let, let, you've got to let your NHL players. Uh, if China said, pretty much as as Russia supposedly did for Sochi, um, if China say, then it'll be a case of NHL just have to dance to that tune and and send the players over, and then they'll, they'll worry about the logistics of it um, at, a, at a later date. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, one and a half billion pounds in revenue. I wonder what NHL's 
would would be in years to come if we kind of compare like even just money of NBA and NFL versus NHL in North America it feels like it's kind of like not even half of what they kind of generate in terms of revenue so even like I don't know a third of one and a half billion is uh gonna make a difference maybe then that'll sort out all of our cap problems as well um one could only hope more money to kind of come into the league that then can help uh, teams like Toronto Maple Leafs not worry about the cap anymore. We can only hope, Craig, right? Yeah, get get the revenue up, get the cap over 100 million, and then we're sorted. <laughs> For a few more years. years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Brill, um, is there anything else that you guys want to um, pick up on? I've kind of think I've managed to tick off most of the things that are on my scroll on my notes here. No, don't think no, so. Don't think so. No, that's pretty good going then, isn't it? If you're listening to this and you have a comment on some of the things that we're talking about, then uh, you can get in contact. I'm on Twitter at NHL Fans from Afar. Also on email as well, NHL Fans from Afar at gmail.com. Uh, shout out to Jonathan, the Columbus Blue Jackets fan, by the way, um, who gave a really great tip. He sent. Um, uh, put a message in the Slack group, which is like a, a little closed forum that we have. So come join us on there if you want. Just send an email to get an invite. Um, and he put a really good tip that if you, as we have discussed many times in this podcast, don't want to see what the score is and, uh, I don't know, your NHL TV account isn't happening or, I don't know, you, you're afraid to open your laptop and then it'd be on the, you'll accidentally see the score and blah, blah, blah. He said about this website, it's called don'ttellmethescore.com, D-T-M-T-S.com. And it's brilliant. It just pulls all the, the highlight reels from the NHL and nowhere, any on the, anywhere on the page is there any risk to see any numbers. Um, so it's a great tip. Thanks for that, Jonathan. If anyone else has got any other little great tips of how do you get around watching this sport the day after, or maybe several days after when you're doing catch-up, without accidentally seeing the, the end score before you've started watching it, then please <laughs> then please let us know. Um, Craig, thanks so much. I think uh, you're going to have a bit of a busy year, aren't you, with all the Team GB stuff? Um, Fingers crossed, the- yeah. You see yeah. Olympics, um, teams going away, all the different age groups, and then obviously finishing up, like you say, the the top division again in, in Switzerland. So it's another busy year and hopefully another successful year. Well, we're going to have to get you back before we head out to Switzerland so you can bring us up to speed on what to expect. Would that be okay? Absolutely, yeah. Anytime, just uh, I'll be around. Yeah, and uh, I... Uh... You know, you never know. We might we might end up speaking to you as Toronto Maple Leafs progress to the second round of the playoffs. That would be about the same time, wouldn't it? April, um, May. If I'm if I'm doing a postseason NHL fans from afar and the Leafs are involved, I'll definitely be up for that. <laughs> Miracles can happen. That's all I'm saying. Um, Matt, what what are you thinking? Are you feeling like your season might eventually turn around at some point? It might get going. You've got a hope, haven't you? If it didn't, I mean, it's an eighty-two game season. So if it doesn't get any better, then uh, the, what? What's the point of uh, getting up early and watching games? If there's one thing that I've learnt about talking to you on these podcasts, is you really do think the long game, don't you? You've got it's eighty-two games. I <laughs> live in the to, moment. Got to. I'm all about the now. You're all about 
planning for the future. I mean, you'd be very good, like, organising my pension, whereas I, I would be very that. good at <laughs> spending money very quickly. No, I'm, I'm good at that. I'm just... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, no. Is it what? It, what is it? They always say it's it's not about uh, winning the the. You've just got to get into the playoffs to to be in it to win it. So uh, you got to be in the dance. Sneak, sneak in. We'll we'll yeah. hopefully just sneak in in the wild card again. The only thing to put you on the spot, Craig, because Matt's already done it. I've already done it. But who do you think is going to win the Stanley Cup this year? Um, if you had to pick an East and a West conference, like team to get to the final who would it be and who would take the crown or the ring or whatever phrase um i'd I'd love to see edmonton continue their continue their run but um i don't think i don't think it will somehow so i'll go i'll go vegas from the west um washington from the east although i don't want it to be and um, so that's a rematch of the final a couple of years ago and Washington will win again. I don't think that's necessarily a bad guess, actually. I said Boston uh, for all my sins. Matt said Buffalo. So, yeah, good good collection of teams right there, isn't there? If we get enough people on and everybody picks a different team, we'll have somebody will be right. <laughs> And then you can, and we predicted the winner ages ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they can be smug. There's no prize. You just get to be smug. Well, um, whatever uh, games your teams are playing, whether it be three games this week, four games this week, or maybe just two, have a great, um, have a great week. Unless you're playing the Toronto Maple Leafs, ah ha ha ha. And uh, look forward to catching up with you uh, next week. Thanks very much, guys, and uh, chat with you soon. Thank you.